Good evening. Tonight I want to give you a report on the stateside mission campaign. I want to try and paint a picture for you of what it's like to go on one of these campaigns for those who haven't been able to go. To help me with that, there will be some slides of the, our campaign showing above me as I speak tonight. I want to give a thanks to David Glisson for putting together this DVD of these pictures that were taken on our trip. And also a thanks to Mark Rinks, Joe Williams, Dolly Laster, David Fleming, and David Glissing for taking all these pictures while we were gone on this trip. It's kind of hard to catch, your, catch some of these uh, photos and as we're working in the field. We don't want to disturb anybody as we're knocking on doors or uh, intruding anybody's privacy as we're knocking doors. So I'm thankful that we can't have these pictures so I can try to bring to you a report of what it's like to go on a campaign. For those of you who are new to Mount Jude and not familiar with the stateside campaign, it's, it's for those who can't go to a foreign field to take the gospel people to some foreign country. We select a, a location that's three to five hour drive from Mount Juliet. It's far enough away from your home that takes you away from all the uh, distractions that uh, you're, you're facing at home so we can get together and to uh, take the gospel to the people that we're visiting. This is our 10th annual state that we went on and our trip this year was to Greenback, Tennessee. The church in Greenback was planted there about two years before we arrived. It was uh, planted there by the Nashville Road Church of Christ, and the eldership there is as the overseers of that church to this day. Um, since they were planted, they've grown to about 60 people, and uh, they're a diverse group in that they have children and, and uh, middle-aged people and old people. They look kind of like Mount Juliet, but on a smaller scale. They're very warm people, very inviting people. In the church building, um, you've probably seen a picture by now up there of the church building. It's got an old farmhouse, a red farmhouse. On the outside, it's, it's kind of deceiving. It's, um, it's bigger on the inside, you might think. They took the old farmhouse and they added an addition to the back. And that addition to the back is the, uh, is the auditorium. The church in Greenback has a desire to grow. They purchased this property and it's got about five acres of land. And somebody donated to them a sign, a nice church sign to put on their property. They've got a small one in front of the building, but this is a nice sign that they, someone had donated to them. They didn't put it in front of the building. They put it out to the side in front of this large open area. And I was told that's where they plan to build their future building as they grow. They're a church that wants to grow. Their heart is to spread the gospel in this area. And we're glad to be a part of this work. We had an unusual challenge this year in our uh, stateside campaign. I've been living in, in Tennessee a, a long time. I've never heard of Greenback, Tennessee. In fact, all the people I've told uh, where we're going, the Greenback, Tennessee, I've yet to find one person who says, oh yeah, I know right where that's at. Um, in fact, as we were door knocking in the surrounding community, one of the challenges were that the people who lived around Greenback didn't know where Greenback was. <laughs> so that was a challenge for us. And, and part of this year's mission 
was to put Greenback on the map for all those who live anywhere near Greenback, Tennessee. That was our goal, and I believe we achieved that goal. When you first call a church and tell them that you want to come to your location, we're going to bring some people there, and we're going to have a campaign in your neighborhood, and uh, we're going to knock doors, and all this is, is free of charge. We're not going to charge you anything for this, this work. Uh, we're just going to come and bring a, a bunch of people here and start a campaign and knock some doors in your area and have a gospel meeting there too. We're going to bring our preachers, our song leaders. We're all going to come and have a gospel meeting. That kind of news was, received a little bit of a skepticism. And I, I can understand why that would be. Um, but they agreed to let us come. And when we pull into our parking lot with our buses and our vans and all of our people start unloading, they were really amazed that so many people would leave their home leave the comfort of their home and travel to their location and knock doors and campaign for Christ for them, not asking for anything of them, not asking to be put up in hotels at their expense. No, we we provide that ourselves. And we'll have a gospel meeting in their area, and and they see this and they're amazed. But, But that isn't the whole story. You see, as the week draws on and they continue to see how hard we work and how hard we labor in their neighborhood, they are really amazed at our service, our love of Christ, our love and desire to see the gospel spread. And we develop some very close bonds with those people. But you know, even after we do all that, even after we provide all that hard work in their their area campaigning for Christ, we even top that off by providing them with a parting gift from us to them as we leave. And you may see pictures of that uh, on the screen, but our parting gift this year was uh, a crepe myrtle and some flowers. We decorated the front part of their entrance to their parking lot for them. And you'll see some pictures of, of us planting the, those flowers and, and crepe myrtle in there. But even then, we gave them also a set of waiters to use. They had a brand-new baptistry in their church. It had never been used. It was a nice baptistry, but they didn't have any waiters, so as a parting gift, um, we donated them a set of waiters. We put those waiters to use. We baptized two people while we were there on this campaign. We baptized a Jerry Truman and a Michelle Colvin. And I ask that you'll keep Jerry Truman and Michelle Colvin in your prayers. I ask that you keep the Greenback Church of Christ in your prayers as they continue to grow. While we were in Greenback, we knocked on 3,583 doors. That was another challenge we had in Greenback in that um, there was a lot of land mass. We had to do a lot of driving around to find the homes to knock on, but we managed to find 3,583 doors to knock on. And we found 1,538 people at home, made contacts with them, invited them to church, asked them if they'd have a Bible study with us. Of those, there were 63 that we had contact cards filled out for. That meant that we could follow up with them later on to have a Bible study at their convenience some other time. 
or the church there would follow up after we left. And then to top that off, we had two baptisms. The stateside campaign is a wonderful work. I'm glad I could be a part of uh, all those campaigns. I love Mount Jesus Christ. I love all of you. This is not accomplished by just the two or three people who come together and say we're going to make this happen. This is accomplished because of all of us pulling together as a family to make these kind of campaigns happen. You know, there are so many opportunities here to serve our Lord because of the hard work of all of you. If you have a heart for foreign missions, we have the Ukraine. We have several trips going to Latin America. We're starting a work in Africa. There are so many opportunities for you to be a part of a foreign mission work if that's what you want. If you can't go to a foreign land, the stateside campaign is a great place to serve our Lord campaigning for Christ, taking the gospel to people, inviting people to church. And you know, I enjoyed David's sermon this morning where he said, not everyone should be teachers. And that is true. On the stateside campaign, we need teachers. We need bus drivers. We need van drivers. We need people to knock on doors. We need people to cook meals. We need all kinds of talents on our mission programs. There's a talent here in every one of you that you could use to the glory of Christ. If, if stateside, you don't want to go on stateside. We have the missions to Burlington, uh, Mississippi. I understand that you can be skilled or unskilled in your labor and contribute to that work there. If you don't want to go that far, if you don't want to leave Mount Juliet, I understand there's another ministry here, the inner city ministry. It's a great ministry. The only talent you need there is to love children, have a heart for reaching out to children who need some encouragement. If you are interested in that work, understand there's some openings available. And Lexico Nash would love to talk to you. And if that is not a, something you can do, the World Mission School is available where at your kitchen table you can be involved in world mission work and you can be grading correspondence courses and corresponding with people who want to hear the gospel taught to them. There's all kinds of opportunities here at Mount Juliet to be involved of spreading the gospel throughout this world. I encourage you to find your spot to use your talent to the glory of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Good evening. Uh, for the teen mission trip, we don't exactly have a slideshow, but we'll make up for it some way or another. Uh, for, for the teen mission trip, we went to Marlington, West Virginia. And Marlington, it is in the southeastern part of the state. It's about an 8 to 12 hour bus ride, give or take, depending on speed, stops, and of course, bus problems. <laughs> But once we were there in Marlington, uh, the church there was a very small church, probably no more than about 30 members. And the community there, it was also very small. To give you an idea of how small it was with 22 members on the team, we were able to doorknock the entire town 
in about three and a half to four hours. So our purpose for this trip, we wanted to go and we wanted to give the congregation kind of a shot in the arm, encourage them, help them to get motivated, so to say. And to do this, we wanted to help them with their vacation Bible school. We wanted to go and kind of, I mean, it was their first vacation Bible school they had done, so we kind of wanted to go and show them the ropes. But we didn't want to do it for them. We wanted to do it with them. And I think we were able to accomplish our purpose. Um, Also, our purpose can be found in 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter. In 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter, verses 4 through 8, it says, But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetedness. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others. When we might have made demands as apostles of Christ, but we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So, affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of Christ, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. God had entrusted us with the gospel, and we wanted to take it to the congregation and the town in Marlington. What we did while we were there is we did just a vacation Bible school like we would do here, nothing out of the ordinary, a time of singing, a skit relevant to the lesson. We would do the lesson craft games, whole nine yards. And our theme this year was walking in sunlight. And what we did is we wanted to teach the children lessons on how we had to keep our focus on the Lord and just always press onward. We looked at Saul on the Damascus Road. We looked at the story of Esther. We looked at Peter walking on the water and how these people had to keep their lives focused in order to maintain their daily walk. Um, The kids there, uh, we were able to grow in number every day, so that was good. I think by the end of the week, we had, I want to say, 28 uh, two-year-old through high school, so we were able to grow in number every day. And the kids, at the start of the week, during the auditorium before class would start, we would sing. At the start of the week, it was everything we could do just to get them to stand up. And if you had asked them to sing or do the motions, they would just give you a look like you were crazy. I mean, and and in class, the first couple of days, all the candy in the world, they're not going to talk to you. But as the week went on, they started becoming more involved, felt more comfortable, and By the end of the week, it was everything you could do to not keep them from wanting to go up front for a song or answer questions in class. I know Jonathan Collins and I uh, taught the third and fourth graders, and every day we would play just a simple game of give them a chalkboard and a piece of chalk, and after the lesson, we would just ask them questions about it in the previous lessons. And by the end of the week, they had become so enthralled by this game, they would come in asking, are we going to play the chalkboard game? tell me so I'd need to know how, what I need to pay attention to in the lesson. I mean, and some of us were able to get so close to some of the kids. I remember it was our last day there, and we were in the auditorium about to wrap things up, and the, there was a little girl there named Goldie. 
And I look and I could tell she was very sad. And so I asked her what was wrong. And she said that her best friend was leaving. And come to find out, her best friend was Stephen Searcy. And he had taught her class. So that just tells you how close some of us were able to get with each other. Uh, on behalf of the youth group, uh, we would like to thank the elders for allowing us to do trips like this, and we hope that we are able to, to continue to do these trips, and we also hope that much good is able to come from them. Also, a uh, special thanks to the Hines family. Um, Stephanie Hines, her parents are members of the church in Marlington, and that is how we were first connected to do this, and they were with us every step of the way, and they were there, and also to Daniel and Emma. I mean, the only way you could tell they were not a part of the high school group is they were just a little bit smaller than the rest of us. Uh, they were always wanting to know what they could do to help, and they were with us through it all, and uh, uh, that was good. And uh, also a special thanks to all the adults that went, um, the interns, Clint Haynes, Mitch Poskovich, Tracy Shannon, Sandy Smith, and Phil. Um, the trip, it, it was a great trip. Uh, we felt like we accomplished our purpose of encouraging the congregation there we know it encouraged us. The adults, uh, at the, during our time of singing, they would get so involved that the only ones who were not singing and doing the motions were the ones taking pictures. So we not only taught the kids stuff, but we felt like we were truly able to encourage everyone in that town and congregation. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Matt. Uh, we're going to... Uh, we're going to give Matt a little extra work this evening. After I give my talk, he's going to come up here and tell about his, some of his experiences in, on the Ukraine mission and offer the invitation for us. And we, we appreciate Matt a whole lot and all that he has done. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the history and the purpose of our, our mission to Ukraine. Uh, some of you may aware and some of you may not, it was members of the Mount Juliet Church of Christ and other congregations that first went to Ukraine in 1994, which was shortly after the breakup of the Soviet Union. And at that time, uh, the churches were most, and most welcome there, and, uh, and many, many churches were established. And uh, the one that, that we were involved and continue to be involved with is the one at Krasnomysk, Ukraine. And uh, our current minister there is named uh, Sasha Rodnev. He's, he's a young man, he's energetic, and uh, he wants to help pull this congregation back together uh, the congregation has struggled over the years it's the membership has gone up and down but we're seeing growth now and uh, this explains part of the purpose for us going there if you will turn with me to Acts the sixth the, the 15th chapter in the 35th verse it says uh, 36 sorry 36 and some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. In verse 41, And he went through Syria and Cilicia, that is, Paul, uh, strengthening or confirming the churches. So that's one of the reasons we were there. We wanted to strengthen the churches. If we strengthen the churches, they will grow and they will become strong and, con and conversions will take place. And there have been some conversions there. There's been some, some young people uh, that have been baptized, at least two that we're aware of, that had gone to camp. And so we're, we're confident that that church is, will continue to grow. We've also had a relationship with another, some, another congregation, Proletarsky and Ray Graham and Lynn Allison, who have been 
working in Ukraine. They're Americans working in Ukraine, Christians, and been there for many years. I don't remember the exact number of years. And without them, this, this trip would have been much more difficult because they, they helped us in many ways. And uh, the, way we, the way we operated, we had, we had two weeks. The first week we spent in Krasnomysk, and the second week we, we went to uh, the Donetsk area and visited the churches there at Proletarsky and Bujansky. Each day, in, each day at Krasnomysk, we had a Bible study for the children, we had a, uh, a latest class most of the days, and then we had a worship service and a, uh, and a, and a sermon uh, that night, and the, the men would alternate doing that. On the second week, we did much the same thing, but we went to both congregations, both Proletarsky and Bajonsky. We split up the team, and we had... Uh, VBS or Bible study with the kids, taught the kids about Jesus. And then uh, we had latest classes, which they really enjoyed. I think the ladies did, did a marvelous job. And then in the evening, the, the men did, did uh, speaking. So let me just go through these slides quickly and just show you the, a little bit about what was, uh, was going on there. We had the, the, the Bible studies were in the park at Krasnomysk, and this shows a large number of the group there was the, that were there at the park. Uh, this shows uh, the kids getting together and, and singing and having activities. And uh, this is the Chicky Chicky song. I don't know if you've heard of that or not. But anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a fun song for the kids where each uh, person is, uh, is, is shown uh, how important that they are. And they're singled out and shown that, 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 uh, that we all love them and care for them. So that was fun. Another thing that the kids loved to do was crafts. And you see here cat, the kids that made these little sack uh, uh, lambs, and I, I believe this was the story that the the parable about uh, you know the lost sheep. And anyway, uh, we had a theme of, of in our our Bible classes. We wanted to make sure that in the last part of it that we didn't leave without talking about Jesus. So we we had uh, 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 information about his 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 death and his burial and resurrection. We made sure that every student uh, knew about that before it was over. Here are some of the teenagers that came that were there at, uh, at Krasnomysk and uh, Matt may tell you a little about that, I don't know, but he, he taught some of these teenagers and uh, some of them <laughs> they were all, all girls but, <laughs> but they, it was uh, they, it was interesting to see them come because if you've got youth that, that's a good sign that the church may grow and we hope that it does. And here's a a flashing screen. And uh, this shows Matt teaching the, uh, the teenagers. Uh, we, I looked at it later and realized this is spliced, but he really did teach the teenagers. <laughs> but anyway, apparently we just didn't have a photograph that showed one all together. Okay, this shows, the next three slides are the latest class there, and uh, at, this was at Sasha's house where we had the latest class, and that's also where we had the, uh, the get-together uh, with the sermon in the evening. And you just see uh, various shots of the, of the ladies there in the class there in Krasnomas. On, on Sunday, we went to, uh, to Dimitrov, which is a little town just outside of Krasnomas, because the lady that, and, and, the, and, the, and the man that lived there, uh, their names are, if I can remember, Roman and Ira. They... Their home was a little bit bigger than Sasha's, and so we could all get together and have worship service there. And, and so we, that's where we went on the Sunday that we were there. 
And uh, we had worship services there. And this is, shows uh, various shots of that. After the worship service there, uh, the, the people there were so kind, they, they, did, they did, uh, spent a great deal of time honoring us and thanking us for coming, and they presented us with this plaque and, uh, and showed how much they appreciated us. They gave gifts to us. Uh, they were these, I think you call them uh, uh, table runners or something, but they were real beautiful. They had worked and, and created these for us, and they were so, so kind to us. And this is the entire uh, church there at, uh, that met there in Demetra that week. Okay, this begins the second week, and we went to, uh, this is, shows the Bible class for the kids at uh, Bajonski. Uh, remember, we had two churches, Bajonski and Proletarski, and uh, we had Bible classes there. We had ladies' classes there. This, this is a, a shot showing the, some of the crafts that they had made, the, the little tote bags. They, they seem to enjoy doing that. And then we went to, uh, uh, there was a, a private school in the area, and we uh, were told, uh, Ray Graham decided that he would try to help us to, to do more teaching to kids, and so we had some time. So we went out to this private school, and we taught some Bible classes there, to, I think two or three days. And these are some of the children there at this uh, private school, Good Shepherd it was called. Okay, then when we move over, and here's a shot of some of the, late, the latest class at Proletarsky when that was the other church we were located. And this, this shows one of our members, Doug. Uh, he, he's one of the guys that, uh, that preached, and we, we, we swapped around, and different ones preached each night. This is uh, the final picture that I'll show you. This is the, our entire team plus the translators. Uh, just so you know who they are, Bob Schmidt led our team, did a wonderful job. Myself and Pat, Buddy and Sissy Pickler, David Fleming, Doug Allen, Connie Scoggins, then it was Connie Scoggins, now it's Connie Allen, Susan McCulloch, Tansy Waldrop, and Matt Brown. And our young people, Tansy and Matt, just did a wonderful job. They, they were just marvelous in, in uh, working together with the young people. And everybody, the whole team seemed to come together and did a wonderful job. And we do owe a special debt of gratitude to these people. Bob Schmidt led the team and Ray Graham, who worked many, many hours for our coming. Sasha and the congregation at Krasnamist did a wonderful job of uh, greeting us and taking care of us and, and making sure that, uh, that, we were, that they showed their thankfulness to us and, and they were, were so kind to us. And for uh, two ladies, Lydia and Tamara, that, uh, that provided our lodging while we were in Krasnamist and and served us good Ukrainian food. If, if you've never been on a, a campaign like this, it is really wonderful. I, I could talk for a lot longer on it, but it's just wonderful. And if you have a chance to go, I know it would be a great blessing to you. Uh, when people would ask me what I thought about the trip to the Ukraine, uh, so many words would come to mind and almost would leave me speechless. And almost the only thing I could say was amazing. The trip truly was amazing. Uh, I mean, there, were, there was so much. I mean, it was my first time out of the country. I had an idea of what to expect, but really I, I wasn't sure. So I guess I literally went over there on a wing and a prayer. But, um, I mean, the trip... I mean, just wonderful. I mean, it, it was full of new experiences. Like Tony mentioned, uh, the Ukrainian food. 
Um, I don't think you've lived until you tried borscht, but that's one thing. I, I was fine to leave in the Ukraine. Uh, then uh, it, it was very different having to communicate uh, with translators. It, I mean, it was nice, but yet very interesting at the same time. Uh, leading singing, if you're in a congregation with 15 uh, Ukrainian members and there's five Americans, and one thing about the Ukrainians is they love to sing out. It, you're kind of up there on your own, but, but you know they're all right there with you. And then uh, just some of the cultural differences were uh, just some, some of them I really enjoyed, but others I, I didn't care very much for. But uh, all, all in all, just great with experiences. As Tony mentioned, the first week at Kresner Misk, uh, I had the opportunity to conduct a teen class. And in that, we covered the stateside method and salvation as well as part of the safety chain uh, with Romans 6. And there were definitely seeds planted, and I uh, hope that much good is able to come from those. Um, the kids over there, I, especially with Tansy, all the, all the, they were mostly little girls, so they would all just fly to Tansy, and Tansy and them, they were able to bond so well together, and Tansy was able to pick up on the language and songs very quickly. And at the beginning of the week, if I would try to say something to one of them, they would run from me, but, and at the end of the week, they were still running from me, but it was because, but it was because uh, we were running around and chasing, so, uh, it, it all turned out very well, um, I mean, just memories to last a lifetime, I mean, I know for me at least, from a teen mission trip or stateside, once you get back, it, it's on your mind, and you think about it a little bit, and you pray about it. But over time, it fades away. But a day hasn't passed since we've been back that I haven't thought about Ukraine, haven't wanted to go back. I mean, it, it's in there. If any of you know me well at all, you know how passionate I am about NASCAR and auto racing. If someone was to come up to me tonight and say, Matt, here are tickets to every 09 NASCAR race, or here's a plane ticket to the Ukraine. I would have to take the plane ticket. That's how bad I want to go back, and I hope that next year and for many years to come, uh, I'm able to do that. And thank you all so much for your prayers and support. That uh, it really means a lot. I mean, you say it, but I mean, you really don't know the effect that it has being so far away. Um, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew the 14th chapter. Matthew, the 14th chapter. In this setting, this is when Jesus walks on the water. And uh, if you would follow along, we'll begin reading in verse uh, 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. 
And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and called him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Peter, uh, it's late in the night on a stormy sea, looks out. They see something they suppose it to be a spirit or a ghost. But then when the Lord says, It is I, be of good cheer, do not be afraid. Peter, he wanted, wanted to make sure, so he says, Lord, if it is you, command me come unto you. And the Lord says, come, and Peter steps out of the boat. And when he steps out on the boat, it says he began walking toward Jesus. Jesus was not going to let him sink. He was walking. But as soon as he took his eyes off of the Lord, as soon as he started looking at the waves, looking at the sea, considering the storm, feeling the wind, he became afraid. He took his eyes off the Lord, and he started to sink. Now, most of us, we never will be in a situation in the middle of the sea needing someone to save our lives. But yet, spiritually, that time may come. There may be times when we step out of the boat and come to the Lord, when we have our focus fixed on the sun, but yet we take our eyes off, we look at the cares of the world, we start following their ways, considering what they do, and take up after them. And that is when we begin to sink spiritually. And the beautiful part of this is, once Peter started to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And it says, immediately, the Lord stretched out his hand and caught him. And that is, can also be related in a spiritual sense. If we cry out, if we're down, if we're struggling, if we need help or encouragement, we, we need the Lord. And James 4 and verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. We have to be willing and want to be saved. And tonight, if you have yet to become saved, there's not a better time than now. Don't leave here this evening with your life not right with God. Maybe you've already began your Christian journey and you've walked out on the sea and began your walk towards the sun, but yet you took your eyes off, you began to sink, and you need somebody to save you. Tonight, if you need anything, please come forward while we stand as we sing.